Welcome to the Good Life Podcast, where we dig deep into simple and practical ways to help break through the challenges and hardships so we can experience the good life with your host, Ben Swicegood. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today on another episode of the Good Life Podcast. I have another great interview for you all today. Today, I have Rachel Stagg. Realtor here in Richmond, Virginia, joining us today. How you doing, Rachel? Wonderful. Good, good. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Of course. Glad to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're doing now, and um, a little backstory on how you got to where you are. Great. So it's always funny. Uh, tell a little bit about yourself. Um, I will be 35 in, uh, this July and I have been a licensed Virginia real estate agent for five years now. Um, been with the Keaton and company over four of those years. Um, and the way I got in on the team was uh, Daniel Keaton, who started um, Keaton and Company Brokerage. I had gotten my license with another brokerage. Um, it was actually my grandmother's, um, and she uh, has been in the business my entire life. And so I grew up uh, being a little girl and running up and opening up the lockbox for riding around with her to show homes, um, listening to her negotiate and doing office work with her after school and over summers and kind of have just always kind of been on that end of the real estate field. And then graduated with a degree in psychology, um, was obtaining my master's to become a licensed um, counselor in the mental health field and did that, loved it, loved helping people um, and counseling people, worked in Southwest Virginia for some years in um, high-risk population, dual diagnosis, and really loved it. Um, and then moved back to uh, the Richmond area and had had just given birth to uh, our first son, Ford, and was on maternity leave and just felt this push to do something bigger. Had been talking to my grandmother and she just really motivated me to get my real estate license. Um, so I'll never forget it. I went outside to my husband, Kevin. He was working, I think, on the on the lawnmower at the time. And I was crying. And um, and I just said, I can't get back to work. I don't want to go back to work. And he's like, well, you know, we, we got to do what we have to do. And I said, I just feel that the Lord is telling me to not live in fear and to just go after a goal of mine to get my real estate license. And he said, do it. I, I have your back. Um, I've got you. So started online classes, uh, got my license 
and probably for about nine months, just as an independent agent, tried to, you know, kind of teach myself and really wasn't bringing in any um, cash flow. So, you know, Kevin and I were like, what do we do? Um, You know, we have a young child at home. Kevin was working really long hours. And Daniel Keaton, you know, him and I are both from Goochland County. He had actually been Kevin and I's landlord for a short period of time. And I knew that he was doing well. And I just called him and I said, hey, you know, this is what's going on. I want to keep my license, but I need some like hands-on mentorship. And um, he was like, wow, I actually have too many, too much business that I can handle on my own. What would you think about you coming and joining as an independent um, contractor, not as a team, but just kind of a buyer's agent for him and going to open houses and sitting and doing those things. And I jumped on it. It was the best decision I've made in my career. Um, So now, so I was his first agent. We formed the Keaton and Company real estate team. And now a little over four years later, I believe there's over 15 agents. We, um, Daniel started his own brokerage. We're just won the highest award um, in the Richmond area for top sales and top volume. And, you know, I just couldn't be more pleased with that um, decision in my life. And yeah. Wow. Okay. For one, I really need to get Daniel Keaton on this um, podcast because there's been quite a few that I've interviewed um, that have spoke very highly of him. So I need to get for sure. Him need to get him on here and congratulations on that award. That is awesome. So you mentioned counseling, you mentioned um, being a mother, you mentioned switching careers, you mentioned how great of a decision that was. So it sounds like everything is kind of falling into place. You're, you're being led by God and you really feel like you're stepping out and doing what the Lord is leading you to do. um, And everything is good, but is there any, Thing that's happened in your life, any struggles or, or any hardships that you've had to overcome or get through? I mean, I feel that, and I've prayed a lot about doing this podcast and spoke with my husband, spoke with you, Ben. And I think that if we listed my hardships, <laughs> <laughs> we would, it, it would be like a four part saga. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, My father um, said to me once, he said, I'm just so sorry you've had such a hard time. Mm. (laughs) And, and, you know, God gifted me with, um, I think, the ability to laugh um, about my past. Uh, But my past is, you know, I I, I hate to, like, sound... I don't want to sound down about it because my past has made me who I am. Um, could there, could, could I, uh, could I delete some of the chapters? Heck yeah. Uh, but that, like I said, that's who I am. <clears throat> like many of us, I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety, um, at a very young age dealt with just not, 
knowing how that attributed to my decision-making skills and, and things like that, you know, a lot of the hardships that I went through was a product of my own bad choices um, and also just kind of what life hands to us. Um, I think that if you meet someone that's ever been in the mental health counseling world, they've drawn, they've been drawn to that career because they have had hardships in their life. And Mm. I think, um, you know, I'm not going to go into every little detail and list it out, but my twenties, um, was, was difficult being in unhealthy relationships. And, um, I also went for years with being undiagnosed, uh, type one insulin dependent diabetes. That was a huge milestone in my life to be diagnosed with type one diabetes and get on an insulin pump and learn first to accept everything that's involved with that chronic um, disease and also to kind of, okay, I've swallowed that big pill. Now what? Now what do I need to do to manage my health and my care so I can be the healthiest person that I can be? Um, You know, and now looking back, having two children, going through two pregnancies with type 1 diabetes, you know, with anxiety and all of the negative coping mechanisms and that go into living long-term with generalized anxiety and type 1 diabetes and just growing up, just, you know, being a young person that is evolving and, and learning by mistake. I would say if that's, if that's a line that I could say about my life, I couldn't be more accurate learning and maturing by hardship and mistake. Um, you know, I, uh, been divorced and every hardship that I've gone through throughout my life has only pushed me to change. And within that change, I have obtained something bigger and better. Um, such as moving back to my hometown in Goochland, meeting my husband, um, and falling in love and getting married, having babies and starting a career selling real estate in Goochland. Um, you know, so I, I don't look at my hardships as guilt driven, um, kind of pause in my life, but yet just a press like a perseverance that I've gotten through and um gotten to the other side. Yep. I love it. So a bunch of just different things that you've gone through, things that you've learned. Um to me making mistakes is one of the best ways to learn. Um especially if you're hard headed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they're tough ones. And if you get past those and learn those, it's it's vital information to use moving forward. So I know a little bit about things that you've gone through this year and I know how tough and how strong you are. So I would imagine that looking back now of you mentioning things that you've dealt with 
in your 20s and all the way to today, it's made you the woman you are today, right? And enduring and persevering are two words that I definitely would would classify you with. So I've always wanted to say this and share this. Um, I've been, I have gone through some really, really dark times and some really lonely times, um, you know, as far as this past year, this past three years, my father said the same month we found out we were pregnant with our youngest son, Wyatt, was the same month that my father um, was diagnosed with uh, stage four lung cancer. And it, you know, it was three years of just the unknown and always wanting to go to that doctor's appointment and having a black and white answer, but always receiving a gray response and um, watching the strongest man I've ever met in my entire life uh, handle such a scary and fearful situation. And then, you know, having a having a wonderful moment when they said that the cancer was gone and the treatment had worked. And then months later, learning that it was back and that it was growing rapidly and him deciding with, with us as a family that he was no longer going to continue treatment at that time. Um, and shortly moved into hospice. And thankfully I was able with, with real estate to, and with my team to take that time and be his caregiver and be beside him 24 seven and, you know, be with him at the, at the very last, uh, moment of his life on earth. Um, and then, you know, then if, you know, if that wasn't enough, we get a big old uh, hit to our family that my mom was diagnosed a couple weeks before my dad passed. Um, on January 1st, that she was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And it was just the wildest thing, um, you know, like, how could this be happening? That's, you know, when things come up like that in your life, how can this be happening to me? Um, And it's easy to get in that kind of tunnel. But just like those times this year and throughout my life, um, when my, when my human brain was like, I can't take this anymore. I can't give anymore. I'm done. I always, and I can't emphasize this enough. I always, um, no matter if I was at the in the wrong crowd, seeing the wrong things, um, in the wrong relationship, in, uh, depressed time, a sad time, a a empty time. I always had this drive that my faith in the Lord was going to prevail. And I remember in my darkest, darkest times that I said, I just need to get to tomorrow because God has a brighter day. And that, that's, that's, that's why I, where I am is because I, I just trusted, I trusted in, 
in that voice. I trusted in that, in, um, the Holy spirit that lived inside of me. And, um, you know, I just, I just have always had faith that no matter how hard things got, it was going, he had a plan that was bigger than I could imagine. Wow. Yeah. That's good. I think faith is a huge thing. I relate to that. You mentioned something when all of that happened, which I can't even imagine um, going through what you went through just this year. And I know there's a lot more that, that we could get into if we had more time, but just in, just in this year to get through what you got through and to still have faith, because I feel like we're going through times now that are hard for a lot of people. And I wonder how many people out there listening to this now or in the future have ever said those words, why is this happening to me? Mm -hmm. Why am I having to go through this? You know, why me? And so hearing your story of what you went through just in this year and how you're still able to hold it together, hold your composure together and deliver the message of faith through that is pretty phenomenal. Um, so I have to ask where this faith came from. Um, my faith is definitely a two part uh, story. Um, I grew up like most Southern children going to church Sunday school on Sundays at the church closest to your house and my parents, you know, took me to church and, and, you know, just more of like a routine kind of thing. Um, and, and then we had a preacher come to our hometown church, probably, I don't know, I was probably about, probably like a preteen and he just, uh, was the most genuine, awesome, authentic, uh, person that spoke about Jesus that I'd ever experienced in my life. And he just really, really taught me truth of what it means to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then going through what I did as a teenager and, and, um, you know, rebellion. Um, you know, I turned to not liking the church and not trusting the, the people in the church. But I'm telling you, I had this pull my entire life to the word. And I w- remember being up at George Mason and, um, finding being like, Oh my gosh, I wanted, I wanted to like get sick to my stomach. I was so nervous going into these churches, um, by myself and I'd be scared. Oh my gosh. Like, please do not do the thing where they're like, who's, who's first time is today. Raise your hands. And everybody hugs you. Let's hug. Oh, it was like the most (laughs) fearful thing ever. (laughs) And this was before like virtual churches. (laughs) If you wanted to hear, if you wanted to hear a sermon, you had to go into a church (laughs) and put yourself out of your comfort level, out of my comfort level. Uh I remember when I was living in Southwest Virginia, my mom came to visit me and I was going through a hard time. And she said, what do you want to do? We can do anything. And I said, I want to go to church. Mm. And um, 
and we went and I remember being so, which I've, I've heard a lot from people like when they're going through a hard time and they want a closer relationship with the Lord, but they're not there. And every time they walk into a church, they're just like boo-hooing. And that's where I was at. <laughs> it was like, geez Louise, am I ready to go back next Sunday with my box of tissues? <laughs> and then, you know, I think that I always had that pull. And then seriously, when I met my husband, who we've had similar kind of lifestyle backgrounds, we connected because we had that same pull to the Lord. We just didn't know how we were supposed to reconnect. Hmm. And we did that together. And we went to so many churches and we, (laughs) he would be like, I kind of like this one. And I'm with my anxiety. I'm like, I just don't know. People are (laughs) judging me. (laughs) Right. um, You know, we've taken that journey together, which I'm so blessed in. And, Now we have a family church and it's not like yesterday I woke up and I was a, a lost Christian and now I'm perfect and angels fly around me everywhere I walk. That is not the case. I am in my journey and moving forward. You mentioned, um, quite a few times the pull, you felt a pull and I would relate that to like a calling, um, like the Lord was calling you um, to a better place, to a better life, to a different career, to just a different Rachel. And I understand that. And I relate to that because I I had a calling on my life for years and I ignored it because I was stubborn. (laughs) Right. And I didn't want to step into a church and I didn't want any pastor or anybody tell me what I need to do. I thought I had it all together, but the Lord's pull is pretty strong. And so I appreciate you recognizing that. And bringing that out, um, I think that's very important. I think a lot of people might be pulled and called, but they're maybe too stubborn to realize it or admit it. So thank you for bringing that out. Um, Is there anything else that you would like to say to someone that's dealing with maybe it's anxiety or a loss of a family member or or someone that maybe doesn't have the faith and the strength that you have? What, What would you say to them? I would say don't wait until you think you're ready for the church to go. If I waited until, quote unquote, I was perfect and I wasn't sinning and didn't have any addiction issues, didn't have any thoughts that were unkind, I'd still be in a hole. Right. And... The biggest thing I can say with a career with the Lord is that's where you go when you're scared and lonely and fearful and hurt and damaged. And don't allow a a society or social media to form your relationship with the Lord, because it's almost like an analogy, kind of like me, and then there's a wall, and the wall is my guilt and my past and my present sin, and on the other side is Jesus's love, and you're waiting for that wall to go down before you receive his love, 
and he is just on the other side of that wall. Like I am here, Mm. break down the wall, like Mm. come to me now. And Jesus, you know, I feel like he's like comical and you know, he's like, listen, I'd be real bored if the only people that I had a relationship with were like perfect and sitting at home every Friday and Saturday and, mm-hmm. you know, reading their Bible 24 seven, that'd be real boring. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good analogy. I don't want to keep you too long, but I have to ask, cause I always do. What does the good life mean to Rachel Stagg? The good life is accepting you for who you are at this moment. And loving yourself for who you were and who you want to be. And the good life is saying, I may not reach my goal in 60 seconds, but I am going to at least today get out of my self and do one thing to just take one step towards my goal. Mm. and love yourself like you would love one of your best friends that came to you that was having a bad day. That's it. Good. That's good. That's a really good description. That's very beautiful. Um, I love it. Love it. All right, Rachel. Well, thank you so much for being on here today. I really appreciate you being open and sharing If somebody wanted to connect with you, if someone's looking for a great, strong realtor here in the Goochland, Virginia area, or they just want to connect with you, where could they do that? So I'm getting ready to be 35. I think that puts me in this weird conundrum of social media. So I totally have Facebook because I'm older. So Rachel Stagg, email rachelstagg at keatonco.com. Great, great. Well, once again, if you're listening to this podcast, please subscribe, leave a comment, leave a rating, leave a review so more people can see this. It's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And of course, if you know someone that could benefit from experiencing the good life, I ask that you please share this podcast with them. Thank you so much again for joining us today, Rachel. It was a pleasure speaking with you and hope you all have a great week. We'll see you next time. 